From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. Last year, with no debate and no real scrutiny, Congress added to the annual National Defense Authorization Act a provision to require young women to register for military conscription. The provision was dropped, but proponents are quietly trying to add it again this year. An important hypothetical question today on Capitol Hill. If the United States should someday need to resume the military draft, should women be in the mix? Right now, federal law says only men have to register with the Selective Service. All U.S. citizens and immigrant non-citizens between 18 and 25 who were assigned male at birth are required by law to register within 30 days of their 18th birthday. The nation has not imposed the draft since 1973, during the Vietnam War. Proponents of adding women to the draft argue that it's about fairness and that women are equal to men and should be included. But what are the implications of adding women to the draft? And should we even still have a draft? Today, James Carafano, Vice President of Heritage's Davis Institute for International Studies and the E.W. Richardson Fellow and 25-year Army veteran, explains. Our conversation after this break. If you're tired of high taxes, fewer healthcare choices, and bigger and bigger government, it's time to partner with the most impactful conservative organization in America. We're the Heritage Foundation, and we're committed to solving the issues America faces. Together, we'll fight back against the rising tide of homegrown socialism, and we'll fight for conservative solutions that are making families more free, and more prosperous, but we can't do it without you. Please join us at heritage.org. Let's start at the beginning. Does Congress actually have plans to add women to the draft? The answer is yes. So there's something called the National Defense Authorization Act. This is a bill that Congress does every year. It it broadly provides uh, guidelines and guidance to defense policy and it includes kind of a whole basket of things. And so last year, kind of really out of nowhere, no debate, no real discussion, they slipped in this provision to essentially say draft our daughters, which is requiring women to sign up for conscription. So in other words, if there was a draft, that they could be drafted as well. Um, look, this came out of nowhere. I mean, do you remember... Trump and Biden debating this. I mean, this was not an issue. I mean, it, there weren't hearings on this. It just literally was creeped in there. And there was a, a, a kind of a blowback. For people. What are you doing here? Nobody's talked about this. Nobody's asked the American people if they think it's a good idea. You're just slipping this in. And so um, it was pulled. And lo and behold, this year, there's a coalition of senators which just are trying to slip it in again. No national debate. No real asking the American people, what do you think about this? Just doing this. And anytime Congress does that, it that should raise red flags. And, uh, you know, the kind of red flags were really out of, not like gun red flags, but real red flags. Well, I'm guessing the answer to this question is fairness and equality. But why exactly do lawmakers want to add them? Do they offer their reasoning? Yeah. So let's let's talk about the the fake reasons and then talk about the real reasons. So. And I think some people genuinely believe this. They say, well, this is just a fairness issue. This is an equity issue. We draft men, we should draft women. Or, well, this is about promoting women in military service, about you know giving them equality and equal opportunity and equal respect. And that, none of that's true. None of it. First of all, women 
have equal opportunity in the military. If you've seen Top Gun, I don't want to you know give away the show, but if you've seen Top Gun, you know Maverick, there's a woman F-18 pilot. That's not make-believe. That's real. There are real women F-18 pilots. Um, almost every part of the service is open to women. Women make a significant part of the force. So the notion that somehow a draft makes women more equal, it's just, there's, just no, there's just no truth to that. And, and indeed, it, it really doesn't do anything for women. It just requires them to sign up for conscription. That's a, a meaningless exercise. You don't do, there's no patriotism involved in that. It's just a law. You know, men sign up for conscription. It doesn't mean they're more patriotic. It doesn't mean they're, they're better. And it doesn't give them more equal opportunity in anything. So it's, it's a completely paper-driven exercise. And it's, so the notion that somehow this is about fairness and equity and equal opportunity and diversity, that is simply a false claim. So what is it about? I, I mean, I can't think of a, a better metaphor. This is the camel nose under the tent thing. And we've seen this time and time again with so many issues. People portray something as an innocent fairness equality issue, and it's, it's really just the precursor to a woke agenda, to using the military for political indoctrination to tell people they should act and serve you know, a different way. Um, you know, we went from don't ask, don't tell, which, for example, was a policy that says, look, we don't care what people's sexual habits are. They have nothing to do with military service. We just won't, we just, we just push that aside. And we've gone to not only accepting, you know, but, but that's become this gateway to all these gender issues. I don't know if you've seen this ad, but, but th- there was recently on, on YouTube and Twitter, the this, this show that the Navy is putting on, having somebody kind of explain people their alternative um, pronouns and how to find safe spaces. Look, um, in the Navy, look, there's, there's one pronoun in the Navy. It's called sailor. I was in the military. There's one pronoun in the military. It's called soldier. And, you know, when you look out at somebody, you don't see somebody who's black or white or tall or short or fat or thin or a man or a woman or any one of 26 different genders. You see a uniform and you respect the uniform and you demand from that uniform the, same, the selfless service that's required when you give the oath. All of these, which I really think are just political indoctrinations, the woke transformation of America by using ordering the, the Pentagon essentially to do this. Um, this is destructive to good order and discipline. It's really um, an affront to the Constitution, uh, and and it, it is it is this stealth changing America, and then before we realize it, we're in a radically different place than when we started. So people think that this is just an innocent thing. It it, it doesn't really matter. It, you know who cares? It, it matters a lot because they're not going to stop there. So. Not a lot of people, you know, like to hear this side of this argument, but what are the actual implications of adding women to the draft? Does it weaken our national defense? Well, it actually does nothing for our national defense because it's virtually um, impossible that we would ever use the draft in the sense that people think of the draft in like World War II and World War I for mass mobilization. The reality is in every conflict Americans have ever fought, the vast majority of people that fought in the conflict were volunteers. Even, even today, um, 70% of American military youth aren't qualified for military service. So if you had a draft, you wouldn't be drafting American youth. You could only really draft the 30% of American youth that actually make up the pool of people who already volunteer for military service. So it's unlikely to add any military capability. And if you drafted people what are they going to do? We don't have tanks and, and uniforms and missiles and rockets and, and forts and training around to train people. 
So we're a, a nation, and, and the, the argument was, where's the scenario you, where you would need a mass mobilization? So the likelihood of a draft actually being implemented is zero. And I know a lot of people say, well, a draft, it's about patriotism. And some people even say, well, we should have mandatory military service. And that's absolutely a terrible idea. That's not what our founding fathers envisioned. Um, voluntary military service that is completely disconnected from politics is foundational to not just military um, excellence, but to a healthy civil society. And I'll give you another example very quickly. Um, because this woke stuff, this is just a, the little tiny shaving on the top of the ice cube at the tip of the world's biggest iceberg. Um, let me give you another example at West Point, where I was a cadet, um, and where I also taught in the military academy. The, the, there, there's been some news articles that they just revealed these um, these classes that new cadets are forced to take on critical race theory. Look, critical race theory is political indoctrination, period. There is no real debate about that. It's not innocent. It's not teaching people about racism or about it, it is it is giving them a political viewpoint that they must have to be accepted and get promoted. That is that is antithetical to West Point. I'll tell you, you know, the reason why West Point was founded is when Thomas Jefferson was the president of the United States, all of the military officers came from the other political party. And the reason for that is is the other political party had most of the rich people. And to be an officer back then, it actually required you know, some degree of wealth to get it to, to be able to support a commission. And so what Jefferson did is is he created West Point so you could draw equally from across the country. And he gave every state seats at West Point, every congressman, energy center. And the idea was we, we don't want a, a military that's from one political view and one political party. We want a military that reflects all of us and and eschews politics. So that's the nature of military service. Teaching political theories like critical race theory are actually completely destructive to that. And not only is it destructive to our constitutional order and our freedoms, it is, it's endangering to the fundamental principle of why we have a military, to fight and win our nation's wars. We take our very best loving patriotic volunteers and we put them in harm's way. And every moment, second, cent that we distract from getting them trained and ready to do that we are putting them at risk. They call these guys new cadets. And the reason is, like, unlike every other university where you show up in September to go to class, at West Point, you show up in June and you go through something called new cadet barracks. And that is three months of like boot camp, of physical and mental training and pressure to make sure that you demonstrate that you are worthy to be a member of the Corps of Cadets and, and, it's, and worthy of the United States investing in you for four years to give you a college education and a military degree. It is not about that is three months for the Biden administration to enforce political indoctrination on you. And detracting from that, it makes them, that's, that's every second, that's less time you're spending on preparing them to be an officer, preparing them to be a leader, preparing them to defend their country. And it's not just political indoctrination. It's putting lives at risk. It's putting the freedom and security and prosperities of Americans at risk. And it's just flat out wrong. And when people say, well, what's wrong with draft our daughters? It doesn't stop with draft our daughters. It becomes this. It becomes the recent ruling by the Biden administration that we are going to enlist people who are HIV positive in the military. Look, I have nothing against people with debilitating illnesses and chronic diseases, but they don't belong in the military. The, mili- the people in the military ought to be deployable in the fight. It's, it's not about creating a rainbow coalition. 
If you look, if you have diabetes, you can't be in the military because right. it's a chronic condition. Yeah. I mean, so this is just so wrong. Yeah, it sounds like this really is about a woke agenda and DEI politics, all at the cost of the defense of our nation. So in conclusion, Jim, you touched on this, but I think it's important to hear you say it from this context. If proponents of drafting women were to say to someone that it's sexist not to include women, how would you respond to that charge or how should our listeners respond to that charge? Yeah, you know, my answer is, look, the the whole concept of conscription is stupid. It was something that was created for the last century, which actually arguably didn't even work terribly well. Um, There's no reason to have conscription in a modern society. Look, first of all, if you really need to, like Ukraine is attacked and and they rally the people of Ukraine to defend themselves, you have a constitutional authority to do that in the United States. You don't need to have a system of conscription to do that. As a matter of fact, today, with with all the access we have to information, it'd be much easier to just register people. So conscription is an anachronism. It, It doesn't really do anything. It doesn't create patriotism. It doesn't create combat power. It doesn't scare Russia and China. It's a nothing burger. And the fact that we're making a big deal out of a nothing burger shows you that there has to be an alternate agenda. So my answer would be twofold. If you really care about America's military, just for, we should just get rid of the draft and forget this thing. And you ought to focus on two things. One is only 30% of American youth are qualified to serve. That's because of health issues, education, or moral issues. You know the answer to that? You go out there and you help build better families and build better communities. Get kids to graduate from high school, tell them to get a job, and then get married, and they'll be and and they'll be way more better qualified for military service and for everything else for that matter. So Americans should be addressing the issue about why our youth are are not even physically, mentally, and morally capable to do hard things. And the other thing is, is look, if you want more opportunity for women and men and everybody else in the military, then make ways to make voluntary service more um, more e- easily to do. So, for example, people join the National Guard. They should be able to switch between the National Guard and the active duty. There are lots of things you can incentivize. And you know what? You could, I think you could even um, incentivize voluntary registration. If somebody really wants to serve their country in time of crisis, let them volunteer to be put on a list to say, hey, if you need more people, call me. Right. And let them say when they do that, that, yeah, I volunteer. I'm not going to be overweight, fat, you know, diseased and stupid. And if you want to give them a benefit for that, say, okay, well, you know, give you some relief from your, uh, you know, college loans. Fine. But but this is this is nonsense. This is such nonsense. And the fact that is it's so unexamined, so undebated, so under the radar and, and, and so Typical Washington, just trust us. You know, there's nothing to see here. Just go along with what we're doing, you Americans. You, you, the fact that there are US officials in the USF government who don't think that men and women and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and grandparents should get a vote on, on, on whether somebody should be required to serve or not, that we should just do this mm-hmm. and we know better than they are. Boy, does that remind you of every other issue that they've screwed up from, you know, telling us that they know how to fix energy and inflation and the border and everything else? I I think this is a sign of a sickness in this in this town. And and if people ignore this, it's like it's like the untreated, you know, rip in your arm that just inflames and then you get your arm cut off. 
Jim, thank you so much for your thoughts on this issue that is actually really difficult for people to articulate. So we appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It is just so important. And it's it's difficult to look and see a picture of a soldier or a military person or a coffin coming home in under an American flag and not and not be shamed by people that just don't take these incredibly serious issues with the with the purposefulness they deserve. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode. We hope you liked it. Jim Carafano's op-ed on this topic is linked in our show notes. Tim's up next week, and we'll see you then. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Descher, with editing by John Pop.